What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we back again with the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down, and tonight I got business consultant, life coach, and a good friend of mine, Ben John. What's going on, my man? Hey man, how's it going? Not much. I'm really happy to be connected with you and uh, here to chat, man. Thanks for the uh, the invite. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, I'm so, I'm so glad to have you here. I know it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks in the making. Um, you know, I met you at a good friend of mine, Sue, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Brandon Gadeus's uh, event, the A to B conference. And, um, you know, listen to a lot of spe- people go up there speak and you really sit out to me for a couple of reasons, because uh, as, as I break it down to everybody, the whole reason why I, I started this podcast and I'm going down this avenue is because I understand for me, you know, the struggle it took me to find out how to be a good man or a good person in this world and seeing what all the things that's going on in this and in, in, in society and, and craziness that's happening. Um, you know, a lot of these young men and young women go astray um, because they don't have a good male role model in their lives or lack thereof or their dads weren't in the picture. As a lot of my friends, their dads weren't around uh, for one reason or the other. Um, and I just remember you going up there and, and, and forgive me for probably overstepping here, but you know, you're just sharing, you know, that your dad left when you were like three years old and, you know, you were in, in trouble and, and out of and, and jail and all these things. And, and, you know, to see where you are now and all that stuff is just one of those ultimate redemption stories, you know, that, you know, we can, we can come from anything. And it was, it was a quote that reminded me so much that came to mind where it says that, um, it says every demon has a future and every angel has a past. You know, so it doesn't matter where we come, where we start is how we finish. Um, and you were a great example of that. So that's why I had to reach out to you and ask you to sit down and speak with me tonight. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. And um, I'm glad that um, I feel I mean, like I said, I'm grateful that you you said that about me because there was, you know, a ton of other great speakers there as well. So um, the fact that I stood out to you means a lot, man. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you said it right, man. Like, um, one of the things I talked about when at the uh, A to B conference was mentorship. And that's one of the things you're just talking about right now was like, I was lacking that I was lacking like a good, uh, mentor and, and someone to just guide me towards like something positive and, you know, something that is, is going to benefit me in my future and like my passion and my purpose in life. So I didn't have that finally found it and it just transformed my life ever since then, man. So, um, and, uh, yeah, you got a, you got a chance to hear a little bit about my, my story. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, since I got to hear a little bit, I wanted to get on here to really, you know, I guess learn the full story and the full details. But as I always get started, I have one question that I, uh, my first question, to everybody is the same thing is for you. Uh, if you had to think about it, what are some, the main characteristics or qualities you feel that make up a good person or a good man? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, integrity is, uh, for some reason, it sounds so cliche, but integrity definitely sticks out to me. Um, definitely good quality and uh, vulnerability. I, I like vulnerability in a person. Uh, you know, the fact that someone can talk about their failures, um, their mistakes and things like that. And then also how they, they were able to turn, you know, acknowledge that, hold themselves accountable and uh, turn that into something positive to be a better person um, is a, a good quality for me. 
you know, and, and I think that's the in, in doing this show for almost a year, a little bit over a year now. Vulnerability is is a is a, thing, is a new one for me, um, but I think it, it is so important too because I completely understand where you're coming from. You know, you, it's great to love somebody when they're on top of the world, right? You know, and then they're doing great things and they're being super successful, but. What about when they fail, when they fall? You know what I mean? Can you have the same respect for that? Can you take that and be understanding? I think for my mom, one of the biggest things that, that stood out for me is one of those things of vulnerability is that she always told me she was never going to lie to me about anything. And she never has. So when I ask her about certain things or anything like that, she's very open and honest with me. We have a very, um, very open line of communication, me and my mom. Um, and I think that comes huge with the vulnerability part. Uh, and it's funny that also that you mentioned that because I, my wife had sent me this thing the other day. Um, it was from Terry Crews, which I, I love. I would love to have him on here one day. Um, but he was talking about what every man was looking for, right, is, is, is intimacy, right? And intimacy means you have to love somebody, all the good and the bad and all that stuff. Um, and part of that, to get that in- intimacy, you have to be vulnerable, right? That's the thing he says. You have to be willing to be vulnerable and give that up and, and explain your faults because that's when you know when people really appreciate you and love you. So... Um, definitely a, a new one for me. And I like that vulnerability one, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. I, I'm glad that that's a new thing that you've been enlightened to. Um, it, it's, there's a lot of power in that, man. There's a lot of power in being vulnerable, ironically, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I think as you said, you know, several characteristics that go around with it, but also having strong morals, right. That, that one abides uh, by and holds near and dear to their heart. So for you, what do you think are some of your most important morals or things like that that you live by on a day-to-day basis? Um, you know, I think I, I do a lot of my things um, thinking about my daughter first. So like one of my morals is like set a good example for others. Mm-hmm. And for me, like the first person I think of is, um, you know, my daughter. And so um, that's a moral I live by is like making sure that I'm setting a good example and, and every decision I make in, in my life whether it's business or personal, um, that it's, it, it can be a good example for her. So. No, absolutely. I think that that's so important and beautiful to see that I, I, somebody, while well, I was seeing some, I don't know what I've seen it recently. They were saying that kids don't know, learn so much from what you say is by what you do. Right. You know, yeah. they learn by what you do. They watch you constantly. And when you become a parent, um, you see that so much more. Right. Like it's so weird to have that out of of body experience because like my daughter, she's everybody says she looks just like me. She's like my my twin and she does have a lot of my characteristics and personality. So there's certain things that I do and I know that I didn't teach her to say it that way. But, you know, I catch her doing these things and these these mannerisms that I do. And also like, wow, like you don't under you don't understand how much they watch and absorb from your actions and in what you do. So it's so. Like you said, you got to be so thoughtful of all your actions, what you do, what you say and stuff like that, especially in the presence of your children, because, you know, of course, they look up to you and they're going to mimic everything that you do, whether you tell them or not to or whatever. They're just going to do what they see, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Being aware of uh, I mean, kids are smarter, man. Like they uh, they see everything and um, they um, they're very smart. So like if you're setting a good example, then you know that the things that they are absorbing. Um, it's something that's going to help them and benefit them, right? Whether they understand it now or later um, is irrelevant, but the fact that they're surrounded by it is a good thing. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think we, we all can see that too. When we become a parent, seeing what our, our parents used to do, and at the time being kids and not really understanding or making heads or tails out of it, but now that we're in those shoes, everything becomes so much more clear. Like, oh, okay, I, I get it now, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's a huge learning curve. Um, uh, 
when it comes to that. Now, well, you just, you just have your daughter. That's it. Just one. Yeah. I just got one uh, nine-year-old daughter. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, might, might be it for me. Uh, who knows? Uh, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> no, awesome. Awesome. Well, when it comes to that, right. What's our kids? Um, and I probably done a little out of order. Right? Like, so you're saying that too, you know, you, you want to lead by example and show that there's things, right. So, you know, as a parent for myself, right, I know there's certain things that I try to make sure that I want my kids to know at their core, right, setting their root examples or kind of setting these standards for them, um, you know, and for me, well, one of them is, you know, being honest all the time, right, like, I think like that's too, like, what it, I guess it probably comes down to vulnerability, right, you know, telling my daughter, you know, always just tell the truth, no matter what it is, and um, and it's great because I see that too, you know, when she does something wrong around school or anything that like, happens, she's like, you know what, I want to be the one to say something, I'll tell mom or I'll tell daddy what happened or I'll do this, I want to apologize. And it's great that I'm able to instill that in her, right? So for you and your daughter, what is something that you think you constantly think about or want to instill or you're really repeatedly drilling into her that you want to stick? Um, okay. So, yeah. Ironically, um, massive action is a big thing. It's so funny that, like, I got, like, 10X behind me and stuff because, like, 10X is the whole premise behind that, as you know, is right, right. massive action. And so, like... Um, uh, me and my daughter are like big on that and, uh, making sure that we're taking massive action towards the things that we want to accomplish on our goals and stuff like that. So, um, that's something that we're on the same page about and, uh, she's totally involved with stuff like that, like 10 X actions and, and, um, you know, self-improvement and, and, and self-development. So no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That says you're there and being that. To stick with her, and I think I've seen this more a lot, right? With, with guys um, whose dad weren't wasn't there for them, right? So when it comes to their kids, they understand, I guess, what that was like for themselves, right? So they want to overcompensate or be there as much as they possibly can for their children. You know, even for me, I maybe mean, not to that extent. Like, yeah, my dad was home in the house, but a lot of events, you know, for school plays or you know baseball or any of those things, he would never go to those events. So I kind of felt some sort of way. So with my child, like, I mean, I, I take my daughter to school. I want to be a stay-at-home dad to take her to school, to be able to go to these plays and all these things to really kind of be there for her because I know what I was looking for. Um, so with your situation, you said with your dad, I mean, do, do you recall much of that or did you have much of a relationship? Like, what was your overall relationship with your dad growing up at all, if any? So, yeah, like, um, like you said, you remember me talking about how my dad kind of left when I was about three years old. So that was my biological dad. And then, uh, I had a stepfather, um, had a pretty decent relationship, but I don't know if you've ever had a step parent, but, um, it's really hard for step children and step parents to kind of, I don't know, get along, <laughs> I guess, for lack of, lack of better terms. Um, so I struggled plus, you know, I was kind of a, um, a, a rebel child. So, um, really struggled to connect with my stepdads, but, um, yeah, it just um, it, it's just one of those struggles that, that happens. And um, it, it was a tough thing, man. And I had to learn how to get through it. And um, unfortunately, I didn't like I, I um, just never could connect. And so I, I looked for role models in the different areas and right. they were the wrong different type of people to look up to. And so mm -hmm. that's why I ended up getting in trouble. And like you said, um, you heard me talk about going into juvenile hall quite a bit. And that's when I started making bad decisions. Right. Trying to impress people um, the wrong people as a kid, you know? So it, it got me in a lot of trouble. Now it, it's weird how you say that. Cause I think I've, I've, 
I mean, again, everybody's story is different, right? So, for instance, like with me, my I have um, in between me and my sister, we have a half brother. And again, I don't like saying that because you know I love him to death. You know, there's really no distinguishing with you that. Um, and uh, you know, growing up, my mom, him, and my mom have an amazing relationship. You know, she refers to him as her son when she tells everybody that there's really no separation. Like he would go and check in on our family, and it's a very blessed situation to be in, right? You know, my, cause my mom was in the mentality, and then she always brought me up as saying that whatever happened between my dad and her and whoever, whatever, that's their business, right? The kids have nothing to do with that. We didn't ask to be here. We asked to be thrown in these situations. So she never wanted us to feel any negativity whatsoever in that atmosphere. Um, you know, and then I had a good, I had somebody called a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Tony Ingram. I um, mean, speaking about that too, that he had two dads in his life. He had his biological father and his stepfather. And the way he talked about his stepdad, you know, he really lit up when he talked about this man, even though there was a different things and he understood the good and the bad, there was that connection. Now with you, did you, um, have much, like know much about your dad or was it just that he was just gone? Like when did your stepfather come into play in your relationship and, um, for you? Um, so it was, oh, I mean, it was early, so it was probably fifth grade for me. A long time ago. So I, I had two two stepdads, actually, that kind of played a good portion of my life. So um, one stepdad until I was like, mm, I don't know, I think I was about 17, 18, mm-hmm. maybe even younger, younger than that, I think. Um, and then I had a new stepdad. So I, I had that whole clashing of the stepdad child uh relationship dynamic twice (laughs) so um but it's funny because um you know you know one of them he's passed away since then which uh you know rest in peace um but we we ended up having a great relationship with both of them um but to answer your question earlier you know you're like what was the dynamic with them um it it was kind of uh they were never at like my my sports games, okay. unfortunately, gotcha. as much as they wanted to be like a good um, father figure in my life. You know, I was in sports. I played basketball. I, was, I played football, but they were never like at a game. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the difference between that and my relationship with my daughter is way different. Like I'm involved in everything she's doing, whether it's sports or academics in school, um, what she's, you know, how well she's doing in like certain uh, you know, whether it's reading or what she's lacking in, things like that she needs improvement on. I'm I'm pretty like very involved in this stuff like that. So um, I think I was lacking that a little bit as a kid. And I think you touched on it too, as you said, you know, starting to look for role models in the wrong places, because that's what we see a lot too now, you know, they, they're, you know, their kids, their dads aren't in their lives and they see these people out on the streets, right? And unfortunately, in my case, you know, a lot of these drug dealers or people on the corner, you know, who had money and had cars and had women and had confidence and had, you know, people looking up to them certain thing. And you get the misinterpretation of what real life success looks like. And you fall astray during that path. And it seems like that's kind of what happened with you. Um, but as we've seen, right, there was a huge turnaround moment, right? Something, you know, changed the direction of your life and, and made you move into a more positive light and, 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 you know, seeing where you are now. What was that catalyst? Like, what was the event or the moment where you were like, okay, I need to do something different? Well, so I had a couple different moments like that. And I, I really don't know because, so like, I don't know how much you know, of my story was really um, emphasized in my speech at the A to B conference because it was 
it was very short right mm-hmm. um but essentially um there's a few different times but um it's not one moment it's really hard to pinpoint one moment you know okay. um but like you know i i quit my the first pivotal moment would be when I walked away from my job that I had for the, you know, for 10 years, I had the same job for 10 years and I decided to quit, um, and try something that I didn't know about, uh, much, know much about. Um, and so, um, went into this whole new industry trying to learn, you know, how to make money in it. And, um, hold on. My little stand here is dying on me. So, no, I- Okay. Still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I got you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I had you on one of those little tripod stands, but uh, it ended up dying on me. So. All right, all right. But yeah, what's up, Wi-Fi? Thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah, proud, proud girl dad, just like Wi-Fi, exactly. Um, but yeah, um. Basically, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> well, no, you were saying that, yeah, um, you know, it was when you walked away from your job, right? That was one of the first pivotal moments. You were there for like 10 years and you walked away. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be referred to as, as, a, as a crazy time. So that happened, right? I walked away from that and then went into, um, I think I touched base on this a little bit. I went into the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anything about it. I had a business partner that wanted to be a millionaire and... Um, had this big idea that we're going to make millions did that for two years um ended up getting robbed a couple times got shot at one time wow um and literally had bullets like hit the side of my door and um stay inside the door thank god and and, like didn't actually get through otherwise it would have hit me um and uh just some crazy stuff you know and i ended up like mailing weed product um across the united states all because I was chasing money and I was just trying to, you know, I thought money was going to solve the problems. Um, so I was willing to, you know, sacrifice my freedom, mm-hmm. my, my life. Um, and so it was just crazy, but I did that for two years. And then I started my own construction business after that, after I got tired of, um, and, and realizing that wasn't the life for me. So, um, and you know, that wasn't that long ago, that was six years ago. So wow. <laughs> to think about it, yeah. Yeah. To think about it now, um, you know, there's a lot of different moments like that where I was like, okay, this is like a, a life turning type of event. But um, yeah, just decided to start my own construction business after all that. Um, drew a logo like that night after just thinking like, hey, I am going to start my own business. Um, and and now we're in our fifth year, the same business right now. And we're doing really really well. And then uh, now I got the coaching business company going. So doing really well, man. But, um, it took a lot of, you know, weird things in my life <laughs> that happened for me to get from where, from then to where I'm at now, you know? Right. Right. No. So, I mean, that that's, that's huge. I mean, and, and everything that happened to us, like, uh, um, Tupac was just saying, uh, well, DMX was saying like, it's a lesson or a blessing, right? You know, you go through different things and depending on how you look at it and seeing it, you learn something different if you let it make you or break you. And it seems like, you know, you took a lot of these things inside and made the right direction because at the end of it, you just 
seems like you just want more for yourself, right? To do better for you and your family. Um, and, and it's coming that way. And, and like you said, seeking mentorship and thinking about like finding that. So um, when did you realize, you know, that you were like, okay, I need a mentor. I need to find somebody that I can and help guide me in this path. Like when, when did you realize that? And what did you do to find your mentor? Yeah, man. So I'm glad you asked this question. So I didn't, I didn't actually make a decision to look for a mentor. Um, it kind of just happened. So I had like, you know, a few different social media mentors that I followed, you know, like, yeah, I followed Grant Cardone. I followed Gary V, uh, Dan Pena, um, Stefan Arneo, David Goggins, so on and so forth. Right. All these different people. Um, but I didn't realize like I needed a mentor, right? I was just following so many different people and taking this, like hearing a lot of great advice from a lot of different people. Um, but the problem that happened was um, I would take some advice from one person I was listening to versus another, and they would contradict each other. And, and I, I started to realize like, okay, I can't listen to two different people. They're telling me two different things and try to you know apply it into my life. Right. And so um, after like a year or so, just taking a beating in my own company, not being able to sell clothes, um, you know, I tried to just go into business just so naive and learning as I go, which was a great experience. Um, but um, it, it, that's kind of where where it changed is, is I realized after not being able to to actually focusing on one mentor, that being Grant Cardone, eventually. Um, it really started to change my business and my life. So I started implementing some of those strategies into my business and they worked like really, really well. Um, and it, it's not anything, it's all ethical, moral stuff. You know, it's just a way that a person should carry themselves in life. Right. And, and a, an enlightenment of that is the best way to explain that. And so um, I realized at that point, after being enlightened to my personal mentor, Grant Cardone, um, that I needed to like get in proximity with him, learn what he's doing, listen to what he's doing, implement what he's saying. Um, and, um, I did, and things are starting to work out, man. No, that's amazing. I think it's huge, like you said, to be able to listen and follow that. Um, now at, at any point, I guess, did you feel that there was something that you weren't unsure of in the direction of taking, or are you just like, you know what, like, I just need to completely trust, um, in the process of what's going on. And just saying like, well, he knows better than I because where he is now, you know, what is your mentality if you ever came across anything that you were thought that was like, wasn't going to work or didn't think was a good fit for you? Yeah, man, the best way to approach that that I've been taught is, um, you know, just commit to it and figure it out later. That's one of the things that we were taught um, from Grant is, uh, you know, commit first, figure the rest out later. And um I can relate to that because even prior to me, but like being enlightened to his little saying, um, I would just lean into anything I was afraid of. So like if I'm afraid of doing it, I'm going to end up doing it anyway. Um, but yeah, no, to answer your question, really don't overthink the process. We just try to figure it out. Um, it, you know, if you have the slightest suggestion that, you know, you need to do it, then that means you need to get it done and you just do it. And it's great to think that have that mentality, right? To commit first and figure it out later. A lot of people try to to 
figure out right and plan everything out to execute oh, okay it's gonna go exactly this way like i know we've all been there right we've all like went into like the shower right and we had that perfect argument in our head of what we're gonna say to somebody and how a situation is gonna play out and then when we go to that situation and they don't follow our script we're completely thrown off right and then you're just like stuck because okay this is not the way it was supposed to go and right. when you start to do that and i think that that's happened even me with the with the show right i was overthinking the process of what i was going to do and what i was going to talk about and this that or whatever and like doing that delayed me like two years you know what i mean like i was like thinking of oh what should i do because i was overthinking the process and it wasn't until yeah. like you said that you know i was like i fully committed to it i was like you know, i'm just gonna go out there and do it and as you've seen that too you know things go on and you make adjustments you tweak things you change and you adapt but now you know because you're doing it from experience you know you're actually doing what you want to do and seeing what works and what doesn't work versus trying to create this perfect imaginary scenario because life isn't perfect you know so it's huge yeah. that you say that to commit really absolutely man like uh i've learned that like you know um if you're waiting for it to be perfect, you're never going to get it done. Like, I mean, I, we all know that how that goes, like, um, you know, waiting for that perfect moment, that perfect opportunity before you actually make a decision on something or whatever. Um, you're just stalling and it's just adding time to the equation. I guess so, one of the things that they say is that waiting for perfection is just killing your dream more than taking action. Right. You know, like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know, once you're doing it and you learn, um, you know, then you can adjust, like we said before, and adapt and change and really modify it to, to what you're doing and, and how you see fit and what's going on. Um, so as you said, that's like, you know, you went out there and you, you started your own construction business. The first year was really hard for you. Um, you know, what are the, what do you think of some of the struggles that you came across that and how did you overcome those? So, yeah, man, um, there was a lot of struggles, but the biggest struggle that I think that a lot of business owners, especially new business owners don't realize is the most obvious. And that's like, you need to sell whatever it is you're, you're selling service product. You have to sell. And so I learned the hard way. Um, when I said I, I took a beating in my first year, what I meant by that is like, I would spend six, seven, maybe even more hours on a project proposal uh, I would drive out to somebody's house, you know, do a whole uh, project walkthrough, do some drawings on it, mm-hmm. email it to them, uh, leave them a voicemail, send them an email, and I would never hear back from people. And uh, I did that pretty frequently. And um, that was really frustrating, like to not be able to, um, you know, get people to do business with me and trust me and put their trust in our business, our company. And so that was something I learned is basically uh, not only to, you know, I I guess we call it closing in the selling industry, Uh, but you know, it's got a bad rap, uh, but for the the way I've learned how to do it, it's very ethical. You know, like, you know, it's my moral responsibility to, to help you. If I can, you know, to do business with me is my ethical responsibility because I know I have a solution for you. I know we're the best company for you, so on and so forth, right? So it's a different approach. But um, when I learned how to be able to do that, it changed not only my business, but my entire life. It's hard to explain, but um, being able to ask a hard question, like, you know, simple stuff, you know, have you heard enough to make a decision? You know, um, you know, what's your real concern? Things like that. Like those were things I never did, right. you know, 
if I can solve all your concerns right now, would you do business with me right now? Like simple things like that has gotten me a lot more business um, and doing simple things like um, video texting. Um, you know, if I, if I can't help somebody on the, on the first visit or, you know, close them on the first visit rather um, on my follow-up, I'll, I'll do a video message like we're doing right now, essentially, you know, just doing a busy, a video um, letting them know, you know, um, that I sent them the information and the email. If they have any questions, get back to me um, or if they need more information, so on and so forth. That Those little type of things, man, was a game changer for my company and my, my life in, in general. And so it got me to close deals, waste less time, convert people, and um, basically, you know, like get an ROI on my advertising spend. You know, and it's... A lot of people, right, especially a lot of entrepreneurs need to get comfortable with that. And and um, like you said, like it's, it's salesmen get a bad rap, right? Like they say like, oh, they're being too pushy, this or whatever. Fact of the matter is people want to spend their money. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like no matter what it is, if it's investing, people want to use their money, you know, depending on what they want to use it on. Well, then that's everybody else to help them, you know, guide them like, again. But I think the point to that, like you said, right, is finding what they really want and selling to their needs, right? I'm not going to give you something that you yeah. don't want, you know, and a lot of people don't understand that, you know, and, and I've done that too because I did, I did sales, you know, a lot too, especially I think the, the biggest learning I did that when I was working at a gym, I was, I was a sales counselor. And part of that was asking those questions, you know, what, you know, really trying to understand what your fitness goals are, where you want to go, you know, and feeling out where those pain point is, is like, okay, so how much is really losing those 20 pounds worth to you? Is it $10 a month? Because if that's the case, then you can do that right here and go in and work it out, you know, and understanding yeah. that and working to their needs. And being okay with that, like to get that out of your head, like anybody who really wants to be an entrepreneur and really wants to go out there and make money, more power to you. you we need more people like that, but you need to get the com- comfortable with the fact that people want to spend their money and it's okay to ask for it. You know what I mean? Like, it... Yeah, absolutely, man. It can be hard asking people for a lot of money too. And, um, you know, the industry I'm in is like outdoor living improvement. And so there's jobs that we do are anywhere from 10,000 to a hundred thousand dollar projects. And so, um, it took me a little bit getting used to like, you know, asking comfortably for those, those amounts, like understanding my value and like how I can justify, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, if I think you should spend that much on me, um, you know what I mean? How can I help you make sense of that? Right. And, 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 you know, I don't think it's the dollar amount really, because I have that same issue when I was doing t-shirts, you know, well, I do t-shirts now. I make custom t-shirts and like at the very beginning it was okay. How do I price this? Like, I, do I feel comfortable really asking for this money? And a lot of it was because I was doubting my self-worth, you know, and, 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 and lowering my own value of what I thought what I was. And, 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 and more powerful, you know, really, I got to give it up to, because to my wife, like a lot of it, you know, she helps me really understand and really helped me adjust and set my value for who I am and what I'm worth. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I try to second guess myself, but it's like, you're worth doing that. Right. You know, so having that mentality, it's not about, you know, what you said, being outdoor living in, you know, yeah, some of these projects I'm sure cost in the, you know, 20, 30,000s of dollars, probably, you know, doing some of these projects, depending on what they want to do. But like you said, if you know that you're going to do a great job, you're going to do, be committed and do that stuff. Like, this is what I'm worth. Like, you pay for the best, you know, you don't go to Apple and ask them for, you know, a cheaper iPhone, right? You pay the thousand dollars or whatever it is without question, you know, because you trust their value. So that's what we need to do for ourselves and get comfortable in that fact. Um, and something that you said that too, that really stood out and, and it caught me off guard. Like you said, the video texting, 
right? Because we met up, yeah. right? we, we talked, and then I get this video text from you. And I'll be completely honest <laughs> with you. I was like, oh, it's probably one of those generic things that he's sending to people or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm watching it. He's like, you know, Freddie. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is the key. Really took the time to sit here and talk to me, you know, and, and get in front of a camera. And it's harder than you think, right? To sit there and talk to someone who really isn't there, you know what I mean? Like yeah. being on camera and everything. And that is a very, again, unique touch. And it, and it goes a long way because, again, like I said, I was like, oh, this is probably one of those things that, you know, and in feeling that made me feel special. And, you know, he valued my time and thought it was important enough. So, I mean, small things like that go a long way, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm glad that you recognize that. So, yeah, I do that for a lot of people, man, like just trying to make an impact in a different way, like trying to be a little bit unique um and and touch people and and not a lot of people are doing that right like right. not a not a lot of people are even comfortable getting in front of a screen like this right now and so um i think it's a really a great way to stick out and make an impression let people know that like hey i remember you let's stay connected um, you know, and, and uh, makes a makes a good impression, man. So absolutely, yes, it does. Absolutely, it does, man. I really appreciated that. And I, that's why I was, you know, motivated to do a voice text stuff like that, like you know, to match that energy. And and and, and then we talked about the conference, right? And, and and just in life, you want to get people who match your energy, right? And keep them around. And like we said, they go keep those plus ones. So by doing that again, yeah. I was like, you know, I I really appreciate this dude. He took the time to do that out of his way. You know, he didn't have to. You're thinking like you're traveling too. So it looked like it was probably from like the hotel or whatever. So just very, you know, just real and raw and just like, okay, like he took a moment to say, hey, what's up and, and follow up with me. So I want to tell you again, it was very, very appreciated. Thank you so much. It really left a big impact. And then, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I think it's awesome that, you do that because, again, you just match my energy somebody I want to keep more in contact with. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. You bet. My pleasure. But, uh, yeah, that's what it's about, man. Those uh, those conferences, is it's about connecting with people like you. Um, I mean, listening to other people, going there to grow, absorb, be a sponge. Um, I mean, just being in a room with a ton of people that are ambitious. Right. You know, wanting to grow, wanting to learn. Um, it, it's a, it's an inspiring, um, powerful energy to be in a room with. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And speaking about powerful energies to be around and be with, right? So, of course, Grant Cardone is a massive personality, right? Like anybody, you know, people say that name, you know exactly who we're talking about. You can see him and just the type of the impact and presence that he has, right? You know, it's a very strong, assertive presence. What is that like to be around somebody like that or, you know, have him to be able to talk to and have that connection? Like, what is that like for you? So Grant's a really hard guy to get time from, um, you know, like it, for me personally, um, you know, I've only spoke to him once really, um, for, you know, five minutes probably. And it was really hard to get that time from him. So, <laughs> um, and I'm always down there in Miami. I'm always at 10 X headquarters. I'm always getting training. I'm always at those events. Um, and so even, even as busy as he is in there, um, it, it's really hard to, to grab his attention. Um, but the whole point is, you know, something Grant teaches us is to get in proximity with your mentors, get in proximity with those people that um, have the type of success that you want. Um, and, you know, that's that's the first thing to do is to get in, in their proximity. And so, um, you know, Grant's been my mentor for over three years. So I'm going to get in his proximity and just like he, you know, stuff he talks about. And so it's been all the stuff I learn. Um, that I implement into my life and business, uh, it, it's, it's well worth it. And, um, the investments I make in my life, 
have always paid off, you know, and uh, I'm always investing in myself is, is the, the key thing, really. And I think uh, people always should be doing that. And, and it, it's so true, right? I've I, Over these last couple of years, right, when I was working at first company, I was laid off in 2016. I had my daughter. She was one. Um, I don't talk about this a lot, but it was just a, a huge moment in my life, right? A huge time, you know, from, you know, uh, 2016 up until now, these last six years, which is crazy in sense. Um, you know, everything that I've been through, uh, and, and, and part of that, you know, gave me a lot of time to really work on myself, right? And really ask myself these questions because before growing up, and I think that's like you said, you know, as kids and we're trying to impress our peers and trying to live up to other people's expectation of what success is and not really defining our own. Um, and that's what caused me a lot of issues and in, 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 in tr- pain growing up was trying to meet other people's expectations and, and trying to uh, appease other people. Uh, and during these last six years, it got very, it was just me and my family, me, my wife, um, and my kids, right? You know, like I have my families and family there, but again, everybody's doing their own thing and they're not really living in my shoes every single day. Like we were in high school. In high school, you know, we'd be hanging out from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. You know, you're hanging out with your friends. Um, but now, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm home by myself a lot of the time and a lot of that comes to improvement, right? I started to really work on myself and develop, hey, what do you want to do with your life? What do you like? What do you enjoy? Really finding out who I was after so many years of losing myself because I was trying to please other people and really work on it. And one of the, for me, I think that the biggest um, books or self-improvement thing that really motivated me was coming across Mr. Jason Wilson um, and his book, Cry Like a Man, and everything that he stands for um, really helped me learn a lot about myself. Uh, for you, like you said, a lot of times like I was focusing on self-improvement, stuff like that. was there a certain book or a certain thing or a teaching that you felt like really helped you understand more about yourself that you think other people should read or look into? Um, I, I mean, it's, it's always the 10x rule for me, man. That That's the first book that, I don't know, really captivated me and resonated with me so hard that got me to change my life. Um, and that's how I was actually introduced to Grant was my nephew just randomly handed me the, um, the 10 X rule book. And, um, I read it and I'm, I'm not kidding. Like it just changed my, my whole viewpoint and perspective, um, on how I should approach the things I care about. And, um, my business was one of those things and it changed the business and it changed my life. So that is definitely the, the first book I always recommend. <laughs> it's the tax rule book. And I got to get into that. I, I kid you not, I'm going to have it in my audible library. I haven't gotten to it yet. I haven't gotten to you it. You haven't read it yet? No, no. I've heard a lot about it. I've gotten a lot of different snippets yet, but um, I haven't, I haven't gotten to that one just yet. Um, okay. So I'm definitely going to get on yeah, that check one it next. out. Uh, and go from there. That one, and also, and, and I, you know, no shade because I was going on to talk about it, but another book that really helped me um, understand and, and, and helped me appreciate more about my life was uh, The Secret. I don't know if you've ever seen that one about Rhonda, by Rhonda Bine. Um, and it's all about the law of attraction, right? And uh, right. as I read that book and I went through it and seen it, and I don't know if they still have it on Netflix, but it was on Netflix for a little bit too. Uh, just how powerful the human mind works and how we really can paint our lives. And as I got through that book, I realized really that my I manifested my entire life. 
uh, you know, from, you know, my wife, really, like, the order that my kids was born, the first house that I moved into, the car that I was driving, like, I, I literally, you know, as, as as you think about it, you know, how powerful the mind works, and and we, we learned that, right, by self-development, reading these books and learning more about ourselves and, and all those things, so, um, you know, as we're winding down here, I got, I got two last questions for you, um, you know, so thank you again so much for taking the time to, again, to sit be with me tonight. Uh, my first question to you, right? Think about everything that you've been through um, and in your life for you. What do you think um, has been the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, the best piece of advice I've ever received. Um, man, that's a that's a man. I got a lot of good advice. <laughs> Well, that's one that stands out one. the most for you. I know we have a lot of them and stuff, but you know, what do you think was one? I guess it would, would be for the best ones that stood out the most, or whatever you feel. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know. So this, this is a, is my own advice, but uh, I, maybe you can tell me what your thoughts are on this, right? Uh, but um, this is definitely my, one of my own sayings has become one of the something that I really value. So, um, and, and it basically is, uh, it goes like this. So, uh, money does not solve your problems, but providing solutions attracts money. And so like, um, that's something I really focus on quite a bit ever since I thought of that. Uh, and so that's how I approach like business and solutions and stuff like that. So, um, uh, and especially after it means a lot to me after me, making so many bad choices while I was chasing money and thinking money was like a solution to all my problems. So, um, it, it, that's why it's so important for me anyway. And that's a really uh, good one. Yeah. I think it's important, especially cause I think a lot of people can relate to like what, what, what I call chasing money, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, uh, doing a lot of things, um, just because you're after some money, you know, um, so I think we could all relate to that at some point in our life, but, um, yeah, man. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you, you are not, uh, uh, things are not happening to you. They're happening because of you is some really good advice. Um, you know, I think it's a lot of, it, it, sometimes people don't take enough accountability. And so, um, Maybe we forget that like, okay, like if I really sit and think about how I actively played a part in this result in my life and why it's, it is the way it is right now. Like, okay, I guess I did play an active role in that, you know? And even if you didn't, it's a really good practice to get into, like just having a disgusting amount of accountability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good quality to have. <laughs> no, definitely. And, and there's a, a lot of things you touched on there, right? I think uh, the first one that you said about money. Um, when, when you brought that up, right, I thought about something that Pitbull said, um, which he's just another person as I started to look at him outside of the music, just how great his mindset is. Um, but he was always saying, you know what, if you chase money, money runs, which I was like, wow, like, you know what I mean? Like if you're constantly chasing money, it's going to continue to run, right? Like that's, that's just how it works. But it goes on to the second thing, right? And it's something that I learned a lot, like on Shark Tank is what they say is like, they're not they're not buying the product, right? They're buying the, you know, the solution it provides. 
right? Yeah. You know, that's what they want, right? They're, they're, people get paid to fix problems, right? The bigger the problem is, the bigger you're going to get paid, you know? So all of these things that we have now are products really of convenience, right? Like they just make our life a little bit better and they solve like a, a common problem, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what we need to understand and follow, right? So, um, you know, definitely things on those when it comes to, to, to that, um, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it is, it is, it's so crazy that we need to, again, focus on those, all those things as far as like, you know, understanding well, that, that money again, you said doesn't provide solutions, right? Um, it does help. And I forget his name. I know like you, you've probably seen him. He's an older gentleman when he talks about like, you know, people say that money can't buy happiness. I'm sure you've seen this clip. He's a motivational speaker and he's like, you just don't know where to shop. Right, like you make money, you can go solve world <laughs> hunger. You make money, you can go and do these things. Like it was a great resource, right? Um, and oh, damn, Pena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, I've, I know we all seen that one. So like, I've seen, I was like, wow, like okay, like all right, you, you're not wrong, bro. Like you're not wrong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and people no, might I, take I the wrong like... way. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I like Dan Pena actually, but I know I know what clip you're talking about, but he's right. You know, but the the point was, yeah, the in the context I, I refer to it is, is, you know, was basically just um, paying attention to the to the, solu- the the solution. Right. Right. And right. the fact that people pay money for a solution, like you were saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and I think we, we covered that, too, because I guess the other thing what I would ask you normally is, you know, what advice you would give to somebody else. But, you know, that came up with that where you're talking about the money and everything. So, um, but again, Ben, you know, thank you so much for taking the time with me. You know, I was, appreciate you opening about your story with your with your dad and your and you know, everything that you've been through in your life. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, you're a great role model to a lot of people who've been in that situation, right? To see somebody who's gone through those issues, who's been in out of trouble, who, who again, we make. You know, we're not bad people. We just make bad decisions here and there, just learning from our experiences, but not letting that define us and being able to turn our lives around. So I commend you on everything you've been able to do um, and that you continue to do, man. So thank you so much for first sitting with me tonight. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you for like taking notice and um, asking me to come, you know, uh, talk a little bit more about my experience and and a little bit what's going on in, in my life. So, yeah, appreciate all that. Um, and let's stay connected you know, maybe we'll do another, another one later on down the road and touch base. And, uh, I'm happy to see that you're kicking this off again. No, absolutely, so man. Awesome. And I'm so glad that you were to be the one that, that kick it off with me. I think again, Nick, your story is just amazing. Um, and it's an absolute great role model. Your daughter has, you know, a great person to look up to, man. So, uh, you know, big ups on her and teaching her everything they're teaching. Again, wish you want nothing but success. And if you decide to have another one, you know what I mean? Like, who, who knows what happens in the future, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you, um, you know, sitting down with me tonight. Again, everybody, thanks for tuning in and watching. I know it's been a while. And as I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>